If you worry about what other people think, soon enough, you will be on the sidelines of your life. Welcome to the Millionaire Woman Show, where we'll be discussing leadership, business, human potential, inspiring you to live rich from the inside out. Unlock your creativity, stretch out of your comfort zone, break through your barriers, take inspired action, and achieve epic results. Now here's your host, three-time best-selling author, speaker, and certified executive coach, Deborah Kozowski. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Millionaire Woman Show, where we inspire, educate, and motivate you into action. I bring you guests from around the world, and if it's your first time here, welcome. And those returning, we're so excited that you're back. Today, my special guest, I met in Thunder Bay, Ontario, when I went to go do my TEDx talk, and it was synchro destiny after that. Kevin Turf is an international author, TEDx speaker, and his experience as a 9-11-911 stranded airline passenger in Canada is one of the true stories inspiring the Tony Award-winning Broadway musical, Come From Away currently performing in U.S., Canada, U.K., and Australia. The character, Kevin T., referred to as the gate lumberjack in the show. As a social entrepreneur, he's managed a media company called upon for many public health emergencies, including anthrax, bioterrorism, hurricanes, H1N1, SARS, and the flu vaccine shortage. He now produces an online gathering on self-compassion and coronavirus with in-home fitness, nutrition, meditation, and self-compassion trainings. He is a cast member in three related documentaries, HBO Canada, CBC, and Fox. And in 2018, House of Annecy Press published his memoir and audiobook, Channel of Peace, Stranded in Gander in 9-11. Turf serves as an ambassador for the Charter of Compassion, for Compassion. Kevin inspires and moves business audiences around the world with his talk, The Ripple Effect of Compassion, which focuses on the bottom line benefits of compassionate workplace for employees and customers. In his TEDx talk, Kevin explains how compassionate actions stimulate the brain, producing the helper's high. And with regular practices of kindness and compassion, science says a person can more likely be healthy and happy. As an entrepreneur, he's launched several legacy endeavors, including the University of Texas student-run radio, America Recycles Day, EnviroMedia, Green Canary Sustainable Consulting, the Green Wash Washing Index, and Pay It Forward 9-11. As co-founder and president of Austin-based EnviroMedia, a certified B corporation for 19 years, Turf managed 40 professionals with the average revenue of 20 million annually. He inspired employees by motivating them to the, follow the company's core values, Fat Cat, an acronym from fun, accuracy, teamwork, clarity, uh, creativity, advocacy, and trust. Turf is also a certified instructor in model medics management systems. Turf is an advisory board to the Brand Responsibility Master's Program at the University of Oregon Journalism and Communications in Eugene, Oregon. He is also active member of the Church of St. Francis Xavier in New York City and their immigration, environment, music, and LGBTQ ministries. Video conference speaking is available and I am so excited to have you on the show, Kevin. 
we met in Thunder Bay, Ontario, <laughs> and uh, we were talking over supper that I was going to be going to New York, and you happened to be from New York. And uh, after that, I got to just, it was just a couple weeks later, I flew into New York, and uh, you had organized that I could meet your, how you call the doppelganger. Doppelganger, um, yeah. yes. <laughs> um, in the, the uh, Broadway show, Come From Away, and it is amazing. Um, it's an amazing show. It takes your breath away, and being Canadian, it made me even prouder of being Canadian. But one of the biggest things that it made me realize, because I've also read uh, your book, Channel of Peace, it's behind you, that out of dire circumstance, uh, being stranded on a plane in 9-11 to being able to share a story of compassion reminds us that every day that no matter what adversities that we're facing, there's so much powerful good that come, can come from it. And you talk about the helpers. But I want to just backtrack a little bit and ask you this. When they told you, and maybe they, I, I remember they didn't tell you right away that they were diverting that plane on 9-11. What were the thoughts going through your head? Well, thank you, Deb. Thank you for that very kind introduction. And uh, so my story, which does a lot of my life, uh, goes back to what happened on that tragic day on 9-11 and how what I witnessed, the compassion I witnessed, was really... Um, changed my view on uh, seeing the better side of humanity. But, uh, but back on that day, I was flying with my uh, former partner, his name is Kevin as well, and we were flying from Paris back to Austin, Texas. And um, we were supposed, we were scheduled to land on September 11th, about 11 a.m. in uh, New York City. And so we're flying across the Atlantic Ocean and um, I noticed a sudden drop in elevation and a sharp turn to the right. And I knew it was too soon for us to be uh, landing. And so I looked up at the time they had the GPS monitor up on the top of the, uh, um, one monitor on the ceiling of the plane. And so I remember seeing that we were going flying north all of a sudden and I thought that was strange and the pilot sudden came on and we were on an Air France plane and so he spoke first in French but he used the word terrorism in English and I turned to my partner and said did he just say terrorism and he wasn't paying attention and so he said I don't know and so then he, the pilot came on and broken English said due to a terrorist attack in the United States we'll be landing in Gander. Now, I didn't know what any of that meant. I didn't know where Gander was, if it was in Canada or Iceland, or all I knew, it looked like we were flying to the North Pole. And, and um, so about an hour later, we, we landed on um, that giant runway, Gander, Newfoundland, uh, was an airport that was built during World War II uh, for British and American forces Canadian forces to fly back and forth for during the war and the town really grew around that airport and uh, so they had a big runway and we were on a giant jumbo jet well we were about the I think the fourth or the sixth jumbo jet to land and we taxied onto the tarmac but there's you know the Gander airport is there's no there's a tiny terminal there that you know 
couldn't even barely fit one jumbo jet. All of a sudden, there's another and another and another landing, one after the other, 38 planes. Ultimately, a town of 9,000 inherited 7,000 refugees from 90 countries. And uh, so that was, um, it was a scary time because we didn't know, we sat on the plane. Ultimately, we were on that plane for 15 hours. And uh, so it was not a great experience, but um, you know, we were safe and it was, you know, it was really okay. But, um, but then the hard part was not knowing. Ultimately, they did tell us about the attacks on the World Trade Center and the Pentagon and the flight that went down in Pennsylvania. And it was just really unbelievable. And um, we, you know, because we couldn't see it, no one had cell phones and, and Google and internet coverage. And so the not knowing was probably the hardest part. Yeah. So knowing that there was uncertainty that existed then, I'm also curious when you face uncertainty today, have you brought any lessons with you of how you face uncertainty? Oh, absolutely. I think uh, really it was a, such a gift to, um, to land there in Gander, providential perhaps, uh, because when I tell the story of what happened there, when they, of how they invited us all into their schools and churches and into their homes, and when I came back to Texas, I wondered, would a small town of 9,000, would they do the same? And I really wasn't sure. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but what we witnessed was the remarkable acts of compassion. And so what, you know, and in today's times, I've got this, this face mask here I'm going to show you. Uh, it says, compassion now more than ever. And it's from the 9-11 Memorial. They, they're printing these masks. Wearing an, a mask is an act of compassion. And when some people, they, off, they're, they're, they get confused or perhaps not aware of the defin- different definitions. And I've learned this through going through compassion integrity training with the Charter for Compassion. Mm-hmm. The, there are differences between sympathy, empathy, and compassion. Uh, we all know what sympathy is. We have sympathy for someone who's in pain or, or you know, have a loss. But then uh, empathy... Now, we could say that the people of Gander, they would have, could have been empathetic if they would have sent thoughts and prayers, like we often do on social media, out to the plains and all the people stuck there for hours. But when they allowed us into their town and, and closed the school and closed the churches and closed the hockey rink, for goodness sake, that is to engage in the compassion of those who are suffering. And when that to me is one of my favorite or my preferred definition of compassion to engage in the suffering of others. And so that's what they did. They had to put their lives on hold and they began to provide our most basic human needs of food, clothing, shelter, information, the same things that refugees see all over the world. And so, you know, all the way back now, 16 years later, all of a sudden there's a musical about this story and how crazy is that? And my life has, you know, just been one crazy surreal thing after another with, you know, six different, you know, five or six different men who play Kevin T all around the world telling the story. And it's an honor. Uh, But in one of these, so one of the things, you know, I don't get paid for the 
this show. Unfortunately, all the shows are shuttered right now because of the pandemic. And and but it will come from away. We'll definitely be back, uh, probably in every place that it's playing now, and or has been. And um, so, one of the, I had this awakening in 2016 that uh, it was a spiritual awakening where I I felt that there's a song as you remember in the show where this character playing me sings, make me a channel of your peace. Well, it's based on a true thing that happened after 9-11. What, what, after we were in Gander and treated to this remarkable hospitality, we got sent back to France. We were ended up sent to a second country that we didn't want, want to be in. We wanted to be home with our, near our family and friends. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I, that song did go through my head when I was at Notre Dame. I went to Notre Dame to pray and they were having a mass, the French were having a mass being held for Americans, people from a different country. They had a moment of silence in their country for what was happening in my country. And again, I said, would we do the same? And I don't think so. You know, I don't, it was, it was just a remarkable, you know, thing for me and that, so I, I, he knew that I had to keep the spirit of what I saw there alive. And so I've been trying to do that you know, throughout my life. So when like the uncertainty of knowing that you would be cared for, there had to be a certain level of trust that you had that these people suddenly gave you the unexpected. And I think that's something that people don't realize. We face uncertainty every day, just as you know, you were stranded in Gander but to expect the unexpected to happen and be able to trust that everything's going to be okay in whatever form it shows up. Because otherwise the opportunities, the Broadway musical and all of these things would not have unfolded. That's right. Yeah, no, I, I think it is, um, you know, what, when you and I, you mentioned a uh, synchro destiny, that's uh, a concept that I've learned about from that Deepak Chopra discusses. And I believe it has its roots in the Hindu religion. And it's the idea that there are, there's no such thing as coincidences. You know, you've heard that line before. Mm-hmm. And um, so this idea that you were sitting right across from me and you were, I'm from New York City, you're about to go to New York City. I said, this is a synchro destiny. I'm certain of it. And it's fact that maybe it's manifesting right now with you, you <laughs> inviting me to be on your podcast. Absolutely. I'm very honored. I'm very honored to be on your podcast. But um, the idea of synchro destiny is that if you pay attention to these things that are little coincidences, and then Deepak Chopra says, and if you even journal them, if you write them down, then you can begin to see some signs for where the universe might be calling you. Mm-hmm. And so um, I've been more open to these types of things than I ever have been. And, um, you know, that's what led me to move to New York City to join a church so that I could help immigrants and refugees, which I've never done that before. Um, ultimately, it's what brought me, I'm now back in Austin, Texas, and, and um, you know, starting a new job, going back to my environmental roots, I'm now working with the Environmental Defense Fund. So all of these things, and even like right outside on my balcony, there's these four barn swallows that keep showing up to my balcony. And they're these beautiful birds and they just spin around and and they'll come and they'll plant themselves right on my balcony. And they don't care if I open the door and talk to them. And so anyway, there's some sort of spiritual meaning and some sort of, um, there's something there. And so 
Um, it's just, you know, looking for those, those signs, I think, is important, especially in these times when we are in unprecedented chaos. And, you know, so I, often I do think, I mean, in fact, what's happening in Newfoundland now, this is just an example of how these people are showing the rest of the world how we should treat each other. Newfoundland has zero cases. They had like 130 of COVID cases. They got it down to zero. But the people there, they still wear masks. They still social distance. They are they're trying to protect others. It's not just about me, me, me. It's protecting others and keeping the people there that live on the rock uh, safe. And so I appreciate that. And uh, you know, I wish you know, more of, of people in America right now would, would take a lesson from Gander. Yes. And back when it was Christmas time, we, uh, you had a whole bunch of little videos going and I, I did one representing the helpers that where there can be helpers in our communities. And I think during this time, it's a great way to talk about how compassion and helping, because I know that's what you share with everyone is looking for those helpers. Right. So that's what we saw in Gander. They were all helpers. Like there wasn't a single person in that town of 7,000 that wasn't helping to cook food or provide rides to, you know, places or to, you know, provide literally the, you know, clothes out of their closet for people to wear or the sheets and towels and their bedding. And, um, and so having done research on, on this, that, and what happened was uh, I talked to you about what I, when I came back to Texas and I wanted to pay the people of Gander back, but they just said, no, no, you would do the same. And what they're talking about there, Deb, is the golden rule, yeah. which is treat others as you want to be treated. I did not know that the golden rule is in every religion in the world. Some variation of it said it a different way. And so because they said, don't worry about paying us for the food and the phone calls, whatever, you would do the same. I thought, well, on the first anniversary of 9-11, I have to do the same. So I closed my company in Austin. I had 40 employees and I, and I handed out $100 bills. And I said, go out and do random acts of kindness. Use this money however you want, whether it's to an individual or you know, 100 individuals or a charity, what have you. So people would go out in teams of two, they would do this and decide how to spend the money, and they would come back and talk about what happened. And the reactions from people is when I started witnessing what is commonly called as the helper's high. That people, they would tell a story about buying someone a cup of coffee and they would break down into tears. They would say, I had no idea how much we don't look at each other in the eyes anymore. Or that maybe, you know, they just, they felt this common connection with a stranger that we, you know, so many of us are grew up with the word stranger danger in our lives. And so we, we're fearful and disconnected from the strangers around us, but that, doing these random acts of kindness is a way to connect with humanity. And so what this research shows is that the chemicals in your brain, the, the, the love chemicals, it's the same equivalent. When you do a random act of kindness, it's the same thing a runner gets when they do get a runner's high, they might go run four miles and they have this feeling of euphoria. So your blood pressure goes down uh, and you just feel great and you feel positive. Well, like in today's times when we are, <laughs> under so much stress and there's so many people are depressed 
doing random act of kindness like you do with your shoebox F project at Christmas. I mean, you and you and the people that you, that you work with, I saw, I saw on the video, they certainly indeed, they were having the helpers high after helping somebody else. Yeah. So in what ways do you think that people can be, bring more compassion to their workplaces, to their lives? What can they do in their communities right now? I know, you know, when coronavirus started, and I, you know, I like to keep these evergreen, but corona's not going away anytime soon, this COVID. Um, but initially, it was kind of like an acute stress, right? But now this acute stress has turned into a chronic stress, where the threat of it is around us all the time. So we're becoming hypervigilant. Some, some people may be more complacent, but always on guard and feeling you know, more, more anxious. So when we see people moving to that, we've, I've even heard the term COVID or um, coronavirus fatigue. Uh, how can mm -hmm. we get people to move from shifting on that focus of fear and anxiety to a place of compassion? And not only for their community, but for themselves. So please share with us, you know, tips for self as well as your community. Sure. Uh, so there's something called the compassion continuum that I was taught uh, through the Charter for Compassion. It starts with self-compassion, that only when you take care of yourself first, then you can be more likely to engage in the suffering of others. Now, one challenge with that is that some people think that self-compassion is where we start and stop, that it's all about me. Now, yes, you do need to take care of yourself um, actually, going back to Deepak Chopra again, he, he did, just recently has been doing a, a video series, and he said they did a study, and the number one thing that can be a predictor if someone has joy in their life is if they have good sleep, if they sleep well. And so doing things to like try to make sure that you sleep well is you know good. Having exercise, doing prayer or meditation, um, you know, getting outdoors, being with nature, you know, uh, I, I love, uh, I've been, I've been probably more active during this pandemic than any time, but, you know, because that's the only way I can get outside and walk or ride a bike. And, you know, and it's, I've, I, it is not easy. I'm, I have, I'll be honest, I've, you know, I've been lonely. I'm a single gay man. If there's anybody out there who wants to hit me up, <laughs> I can do that. But, um, so it's, it's hard for an extrovert who has to stay at home and work from home, and, uh, but, uh, but nowhere near as hard as the suffering that's going on all around us. There's so, so, many, there's so many opportunities to help others, people who, you know, if you have a job, you know, look for ways that you can help people right around you in your own neighborhood and then even beyond, and so that could be as simple one one simple strat um, tip for for compassion is called um, active listening and so it might be to call somebody that you haven't talked to in a while especially someone who might be one of those people who are really alone and afraid maybe they're elderly they're in a high-risk group and just check on them and ask questions but don't give them advice that's what active listening is all about is don't feel like you have to fix somebody's problem but just be there for somebody and you know the chances are they're going to say 
thank you so much for calling because I just I think we all we are all living in these this time of fear and so that the more that we can connect I think that's something you know very tangible and easy to do and it's free mm -hmm. you know beyond that there are I think that we need to all be thinking of ways that there are so many people now and uh, across the world who are suffering from this disease um, either economically or they have become sick or they have you know they've lost someone they're trying to mourn and so each of those categories we might know somebody who's in a category like that and so you know how can we share what we have whether it's food from our pantry or making a donation to a food uh, food uh, organization that helps those who need to eat and um, you know some shelter for the homeless giving money to help people i mean i think we we have to take care of people and to get everybody to have their basic human needs met of food clothing and shelter um and then um you know i think but now is also that's something else to we ought to all be looking for compassion is is to like how can we rebuild better how can we come whenever there's a vaccine and and we pray that everyone will get it and that we this virus will eventually disappear but how can we this is for so much of us so much of us to pause and really reflect on what's important in our life and so you know it's family and friends and exercise and and so how can we really how can we restructure so much about the systems that we all live in that we think that we have to have but if we really start on focusing on that we are all the same, just like all those you know, 7,000 strangers from 90 countries, we are all human beings. We're part of one big family. And so how can we break through mind, change mindsets uh, to live with more compassion for people who are not like you? And I think we can help you know, break down some of the racial barriers break down the, the class barriers. Uh, it will not be easy and it will not happen overnight, but we have to try. Yeah, and it all starts on an individual basis and it really comes down to, from what you're describing, and I know I like to share this a lot as well, go back to your basics, making sure you're taking those deep breaths, You know, making sure that you're having the sleep and the good healthy eating habits, because when you're functioning optimally, you are able to share with others. I know I, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was just having an off day and something that has been on my heart for a long time was go donate blood. I had never done it before. And I was like, just scrolling. I was, I think scrolling all around on the internet and I was like, huh, I wonder if there's an appointment. So I looked and there was like an appointment within the next 45 minutes. So I'm like, okay, just do it. And I went and donated blood for the first time and you know, with a healthcare background, I didn't realize that when you. someone donates blood, you automatically help three people. And it was a really cool experience because, you know, I've had blood work. Many of us have had blood work before, and that's how simple it is, is just like going for your routine blood work. And uh, it's not as complicated as maybe people think, and they've taken precautions, but it was something that I could do that got the focus away from myself. And I think that's right. often. With, with that compassion as well, is that sometimes when we we have, you know, people will say first world problems. 
and the things that we think we're going through that are so tough and not to negate that but there's people who are suffering in much bigger ways in which we have different ways of giving of ourselves and active listening is a phenomenal way to, to do that and reflecting back maybe what they're hearing so that they can hear the language in the state that they're in and also helping empowering for what they can do because often when we're in a state of adversary adversity pardon me we don't think we can do anything for anyone right, right. exactly and I, I think it so often uh, many of us think, well, somebody else will do it. Somebody that will, in many, in the U.S., many people are like, well, that's the government's job or that's, you know, but there are ways that we can all help. And there are, um, I mean, I just saw this like incredibly uh, shocking statistic that 40% of LGBT youth in America had, had, had thoughts of suicide in this past, in 2020. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah, that is so, uh, you know, gut wrenching. And so I'm looking up online, like, what, what can I do? You know, if it's maybe it's just one young LGBT person, I can mentor a little bit, you know, talk to them. Um, so I think that there's just, again, so much suffering globally uh, that it's hard. It's so easy to think like, uh, it's too much. It's, you know, where people, they call it compassion fatigue, but it's compassion fatigue is for people that are doctors, that they are literally giving their lives for others and service, serving those who are suffering. And when they're tired, that's true compassion fatigue. The mm -hmm. other myth is that we can't, I don't want to hear it. We plug our ears like, uh, and don't show me, I can't pay attention. You know, it's so easy. If you watch the news, it, it, that is, you can get fatigue, news fatigue, because... Mm -hmm. There's a lot of bad stuff going on in the world right now, but we know we can, we will get through this. We have, you know, we are, we are, we're as humans, we are meant to live in community and we are meant, our, it's in our DNA to help one another. If somebody falls down in front of you, your automatic brain response is to lean down and lift that person up. And so, we just have to figure out a way to break down some of the silos so beyond your, your neighborhood, beyond your church, beyond your political party, to look beyond the silo, who's out there that, you know, put yourself in somebody else's shoes and see, you know, what can I do? And I, and I think you're right. If one person truly can make a difference. And I think it comes down to that taking responsibility. When we people say, um, I like to say own it, um, like if you've hurt someone that you're going to apologize, but at the same time, when we look around us, we all have responsibility in some shape or form. If you're complaining about something, you have a responsibility. Are you going to complain about it or can you do something about it? Uh, if you're going to blame somebody for something, what part did you play in that? It's never tends to be one person in, in, in finding fault in, in another person and, right. you know, blaming, complaining. And then um, just coming from a place of, and I, and I love how you said this, Kevin, it's really about what can I do? That's where compassion comes from, really, is that connection with humanity and saying, what can I do? It's what role can I play? Am I going to promote it by not doing anything? Like, 
la 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 you know like not hearing or wanting to see what's happening in front of me or am i going to take charge in an individual way of what can i do and like you said there's so many things and the simplest thing is taking time to listen to someone providing resources and direction that maybe they feel lost and they just need someone to give them the right path. And uh, I still think about when I read the book and you shared, you know, um, I forget the woman's name, pardon me, in, in the community of Gander, that she went and got her kids to go buy all the chicken and all the grocery stores out of her own pocket, right? She, she wasn't concerned about it. She just wanted to make sure they was fed. And you said, you know, we were expecting, you know, grilled cheese sandwiches, maybe pizza slices. Right. And, stuff, and that's not what you got. No, we had the most amazing uh, meal. It was better than anything we had in our European vacation. They had they had purchased 250 and made stuffed chicken breast. It tasted fantastic. I mean, like, and it was so I equate it was like the loaves and fishes story in the Bible, the feeding the 5,000. Like, where where do you get 250 chickens on short notice? The reality is, she and her colleagues they went to all. There's only three grocery stores in Gander. They went to all of them and bought all the chicken. So if you lived in Gander that week, guess what you weren't having? Chicken breast. <laughs> we had them on our plane. Not everybody was that fortunate, but um, but the woman who uh, who did that, she still worked at the College of North Atlantic, which was our, our refugee shelter. And so she and I are still friends. And, and every time I go there, I go and see her. Yeah. And as we were talking about the unexpected out of the uncertainty, one of the other things is that I remember about kissing the fish. So can you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. Well, uh, fact, I, one of the, the, you know, downers of this year for me was I was scheduled to bring a tour of musical theater fans, people that love Comfort Way, to bring them back to Newfoundland. And we were going to do a pay it forward 9-11 tour of Newfoundland and so I was going to get people and we were going to ha I was going to do my tradition of handing out hundred dollars to the people in our tour group and we were going to go across uh, St. John's and, and Gander and do random acts of kindness there but if, you know with the pandemic and our borders are so closed so that's that's been postponed till next year we'll do it next year when it will believe it or not will be the 20th anniversary of 9-11 it's hard to believe it's been that long but um so uh, I'm excited to, to, to be able to do that. And, um, and it's, it's just so important that we, we look for these stories. And I, there are people that, that are really big fans of the musical. They cannot wait for these shows to be reopened because even though perhaps, you know, with the pandemic, you know, the lives lost, the tragedy, there's a million more musicals that can be written on based on what's going on this year. Um, but this is one that it speaks to the heart and uh, about our common humanity. And that's why I think that it resonates so well. And, um, and I'm, um, I'm very honored to, to have a, have a role in it. So the fish, the screech. Oh, fish! I didn't say, yeah. So, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so, so on this tour, every, whenever you go to Newfoundland, you uh, can become an honorary Newfoundlander if you kiss the cod, the codfish, and it's called a ceremony called the screechin. And and I had I did do it. I kissed the fish, and it, uh, you 
drink a, a shot of screech rum and um, you drink the screech rum and then they kiss the fish. You gotta eat these salty crackers and it's and then you have to say these tongue twisters and it's 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 really fun. And and so anybody that goes there uh, pretty much gets to become an RA finder if you kiss the fish. That is a great way to become an honorary member because it's something that you're never going to forget. It puts you in a really uncomfortable right. position and stepping out of the comfort zone, which we often talk about on our show. It's about shifting mindsets, taking up on challenges and moving forward. And that pay it forward movement is so, so important. And I want to ask you, in, when it comes to paying it forward, what is one of your most powerful moments of paying it forward for yourself that you've experienced? Well, I think, uh, and I talk about this in my, my book, that uh, what I'll never forget is the second or third year that we did this. And um, we were not doing it to get publicity, but other people, they heard about it and they said, well, we, our company, we want to do this too. And others kept spreading. And then the next, um, Thing you know, there's an article in the newspaper about it, and, and it was really touching. And they went back and found people that had been recipients of the money from a year before. And um, so, anyway, that end of that day, after we had had our check in with the people in our staff, we, um, we, I got a phone call, a voicemail, and there was a man who said, Hello, Kevin, you don't know me. My name is Vincent. So I was having a terrible day today. I had a flat tire. And I took it to Leal's Tire Shop in East Austin. And when I went to go pay for it, they said, no, don't worry, it's been taken care of. Something about 9-11. He said, I had no idea what this meant until now I'm reading this article. And it starts off in the article saying, something special could happen to you today. And his voice got choked up. He said, and it did. And he, he was almost ready to cry. He said, I want you to know what you did changed my life. Deb, you know what it cost to change that man's life? Seven dollars. It cost wow. seven dollars to fix that flat tire. So those little things truly, you know, make a difference. And now it's just, I'm so honored that because of Comfort Way, um, I should remind people, especially that many, many people in Canada don't know that 9-11 is a national day of service in Canada because of the Canadians that were killed on that day. So I invite everybody to join me. We're going to do it again this year, September 11th. You can find more information at payitforward911.org. And um, there's a, gosh, a really, the one thing I'll tell this story now, because I didn't get to tell it, and I forgot in my TEDx talk, but this beautiful story, this tradition now spread to Ontario and in Maple Creek, Ontario, there's a teacher who's just on fire with this idea. And what happened is, the, so I had this idea and I went to the producers of the musical. I said, hey, what do you think about continuing my tradition with the cast, crew and band of Come From Away? And they said, yes. And so they, for the last few years, they've been giving out $100 bills to uh, teams of the cast and crew. So uh, two, a pair in the Toronto cast, they said, oh, we know this teacher who we really love. Let's give our $100 bill to her to do something. But then they said, wait, I, I, they had some empathy. They said, that's not enough. We could each put in our own $100. Now we'll give her $300. So she was able to get her elementary school, like grades one through five or six, 
that every teacher is able to get some money to do something. So all of a sudden, I get this story back from this teacher, and she tells me about this, that this one young girl, she wrote up what happened, what they did with their money. The te one teacher took their whatever amount of money and went and bought a bucket of, of flowers. I think they were carnations. And the kids wrote little notes and said, pay it for 9-11, and tied the notes around the flower. They went to a local market, and this girl says, I saw this woman in the market, and she looked like she was having a bad day. And so I handed her the flower, and she looked at it and read it, and she said, oh, well, thank you. And she got teary-eyed. She was starting to cry. And she says, I'll, I'll, I'll pay you for this. How much do I owe you? And she says, no, no, it's free. It's, you can just, if you want, you can pay it forward and do something kind for somebody else. And she got very emotional. She says, you have no idea. You are a bright spot for me on a horrible day. She said, my daughter died yesterday. And so what you did is make my day. And so when I hear a story like that, it does show the ripple effect of, you know, something that happened in Gander to me in 2001 and in 2019, it's still having ripple effect of how, because of what, how I was treated. Now that woman, somebody made her day and she really needed the help. Yeah. It chokes me up just here. And I know the story because I heard it and I witnessed you celebrating your TED talk and uh, it still chokes me up to this day. And just recently, my son discovered a country song that I heard years ago about, and one of the lines is, do not let the chain of love end with you. About this uh, mm -hmm. guy who's driving his truck, this lady has a flat tire. She wants to give him something. And he said, no, you got to pay it forward. Don't let the chain of love end with you. So I'm probably going to choke up here. <laughs> and uh, so she ends up going to this little cafe and the waitress is eight months pregnant and looks like she's, you know, hard on her luck. And the lady leaves her a tip saying that I've been in those times before, please pay it forward. And uh, don't let the chain of love end with you. And later that night, this waitress goes home. <laughs> I can't believe I'm getting emotional here. Wow. Um, comes right. home and her husband is sleeping in bed and uh, it's Joe. Joe is the guy who changed the tire. And so it came full circle. Oh my God. And I was just like, every time I think of that song, my son plays it and he just wants to look for a reaction. And here I am giving you the reaction that normally happens. Um, <laughs> that if we give without expectation and we move into that place of compassion, that like in that situation, it came back full circle, but it comes back full circle for what you need. And maybe for them with right. expecting a new baby, they got what they needed. When you were in Gander, you got the food, you got the clothing, you got all of these basic things and you formed relationships that have lasted many, many years. And I think the powerful thing about knowing that the Broadway musical came about and why don't you share also with the listeners how many times you've seen the show? Oh gosh, and I... Um... One of the last few times the show had just come here to my home state of Texas before everything was canceled. And so when it uh, came here to Austin, I was on show number 54. I'd seen it 54 times, but that's in uh, four countries. No, 
five countries. It was also Ireland, UK, Canada, US, across the US, and then Australia. And so it's just been a surreal journey. It's, there's, it's also scheduled to be um, produced, um, I think, in Sweden now and in Argentina. So Wonderful, um, wonderful. Anyway, so it's really great. Canadians should be proud of this story. It is inspiring people and a, at a time when we need inspiration. Well, Kevin, I can't thank you enough for joining us on the Millionaire Woman Show. We talk about life, we talk about leadership, and we talk about business often. And you touch all different aspects that I'm sure we could talk about, you know, going green and everything else in another episode. But this one so much, we need to hear about compassion. We need to hear about paying it forward. And when we're facing uncertainties to expect the unexpected, because it's often better what we think that it could be and uh, can often be blown away. So I'd love for you, Kevin, to share with everyone how they can stay in touch with you, um, get, a, get a copy of your book. Um, you are truly a phenomenal human being, and I am grateful for Synchro Destinies. Uh, well, thank you. I'm grateful to, the, to know you. And yeah, my book, Channel of Peace, Stranded in Gander on 9-11. You can find that at channelofpeacebook.com. Uh, my publisher, House of Anansi in Toronto, they have a cool deal. Like if you would like to buy a, an ebook, they will pay it forward and send an ebook for you to a friend for free. So that's at houseofanansi.com. Um, you can find it at Amazon or Chapters. And, um, and then uh, channelofpeacebook.com if you would like to order a signed copy. And then again, um, my event, which is coming up, payitforward911.org. Yeah. Thank you again, Kevin, for joining us here on the Millionaire Woman Show. And to all of you listening in, thank you for joining us. Got a little bit of emotion and getting <laughs> choked up sharing stories with Kevin here today. Um, you can go over to my website at www.debrakazowski.com where you can right now you get your free e-course video format in making habits stick. So whatever goal you're working on, you put in that focus and consistency so that you can make it a reality. I'd also love for you to, you know, jump on over to the YouTube channel where this will also be available on YouTube. And there's a number of other episodes for you to catch up if you've missed any. On behalf of Kevin and myself, as Muhammad Gandhi said, be the change you wish to see in the world and go out and make today great.